that was one of the main reasons when I decided to start my business. And it was in the middle of the pandemic. Uh, I remember my family telling me um, not to start. And I understand that because, you know, our parents always want us to be safe and have something stable. But because I had found that community and that's where I felt at home, being away from home, I knew that if I wanted to continue in fashion, I wanted it to have a purpose. And my purpose was to give back to the community. So I said, if I'm going to start a brand, I want it to be more than just a brand. I consider Cindy Castro New York to be a platform of activism, a platform of change and innovation. And that goes in hand with our core values. Hey, this is Epicenter NYC. We connect our communities to news, information, and each other. I'm your host, Curtis Rouser. Today, we'll unravel the inspiring journey of Cindy Castro, the woman behind the sustainable fashion brand Cindy Castro New York. Born and raised in Ecuador, Cindy was often overlooked, not fitting into the conventional beauty standards. But her creative spirit found solace in the world of fashion. With a dream and tenacity, Cindy moved to the U.S., initially working as an au pair to fund her education. She went on to attend the Fashion Institute of Technology. Then, after years of working in the industry, she launched her own company. The brand has become synonymous with activism, sustainability, and community. Today, Epicenter's community reporter, Ambar Castillo, talks with Cindy about the challenges and triumphs of starting her business and breaking barriers for immigrant women and sustainable fashion advocates alike. Hi, Cindy. Would you be able to give us your full name and your position? Hi, everyone. My name is Cindy Castro. I'm the founder and the creative director of Cindy Castro New York. Um, we are a sustainable, ready-to-wear brand right here in the heart of New York City in the Garment District, and I am a proud Ecuadorian. And how does your background as an Ecuadorian woman kind of inform your work? Actually, I haven't found a lot of Ecuadorians in my field. I found uh, within the years that I worked in the industry for about 10 years before I started my own brand that I didn't have a place and there is a lack of representation. And that's one of the reasons why I started my brand because of that lack of representation and because of the lack of transparency in the fashion industry. And have you found that you have built some community, um, maybe outside of your field or otherwise, that have helped you when you're facing this lack of representation? Yes, I actually found my community while I was working in the fashion industry, but it wasn't in my office. I found my community in the sample rooms. The sample rooms are the places where we cut and sew all the garments. And the majority of the sample rooms uh, here in the garment district are run by minorities and um, not necessarily run. I should say the majority of the workers at the sample rooms are minorities, immigrants. And there is when I found a lot of Latinos. And that's where I felt that I I had my space because I could actually talk to them in my language and also be uh, more uh, warm. Uh, we just go out there and like to say hi, un besito. Uh, <laughs> and we actually ask about our family members or how many kids do you have or where are you from? And it didn't matter that they were an Ecuadorian. It's just that fact that they were just immigrants like myself and we had something in common to share. 
you talk a lot about how sustainability and social responsibility are core to the work that you do. Can you speak more about that? Yes. As I mentioned, there is a lack of transparency in the fashion industry, meaning that we don't know what fabrics or what toxics are in the fabrics and also who makes our clothes. So that, that was one of the main reasons when I decided to start my business. And it was in the middle of the pandemic. Uh, I remember my family telling me um, not to start. And I understand that because, you know, our parents always want us to be safe and have something stable. But because I had found that community and that's where I felt at home, being away from home, I knew that if I wanted to continue in fashion, I wanted it to have a purpose. And my purpose was to give back to the community. So I said, if I'm going to start a brand, I want it to be more than just a brand. I consider Cindy Castro New York to be a platform of activism, a platform of change and innovation. And that goes in hand with our core values, meaning that all the fabrics that we use are natural and biodegradable, that the people that we work with, they're ethical. And that goes all the way back to the supply chain, making sure that the people that at the cotton crops, they are being paid well, that they have uh, safe working conditions. And also our uh, packaging as well is biodegradable. So we don't want to contribute to overconsumption. We don't want to contribute to our pieces of staying on a landfill because that's what it happens with the majority of the fabrics that are polyester or fabrics that are made out of fossil fuels. But people don't know. People don't know what the end life of that is. So me as a designer, I take on that responsibility of working with materials that are going to impact the planet in a better way. And talk about challenges starting in the middle of the pandemic. What have been some of the most challenging aspects of starting a company then and what has given you hope? Oh my God, there is countless challenges and I feel like we are still facing challenges. I think one of the hardest things is to be an entrepreneur. Uh, it can be a lonely path. It really puts you in a state of like, do I really know what I'm doing and do I really want to continue? Luckily, throughout my years in the industry, I was able to network. So I definitely advise that people starting a, a business, they have experience with other companies in their uh, field. And I did that. So I had a lot of experience when I started my company. But that didn't mean that they were going to say yes when I started working with them because the majority of them, they want big orders. Um, so that's a big challenge, the sustainability part of it. Funding is one of the biggest challenge for me because I am self-funded. I'm the first one of my family to be here on my own, trying to create this company, trying to represent. But at the same time, it's hard because the banks are not really giving me loans. So I'm trying, you know, the best that I can do here and there to get money, you know, put things on hold, get all of my savings, money that um, I used to pay my college uh, loans. And it's just a little bit of everything, really, like getting a lot of credit cards. But that's part of uh, the challenges. Speaking of you know, you doing whatever it takes to really get this company going and, and uh, maintaining it. I heard about 
a pop-up event that you had. You had a fashion show. Uh, could you speak about some of these uh, creative efforts that you have going on? Yes, I think I have had challenges, but at the same time, what's beautiful is that my company has been able to create a strong, uh, beautiful connections because of the core values of the company. And that's how we got to be in our first year of my company. We got to be at um, a fashion show for Colombia Moda, which is the biggest fashion show in Latin America. But it was because we are all about, you know, supporting women, fair pay. And this fashion show was to uh, eliminate violence against women in South America. So they invited me to be part of it. And that's how I've been being invited lately to a lot of panels and just, you know, talking about that we're not just fashion, we're more than that. And my recent one was my first New York Fashion Week show and runway <laughs> that I'm super, super excited. And this is actually part of a grant. Fashion shows are extremely expensive and especially for emerging brand and for underrepresented communities, just like myself. So I had the opportunity to be connected through somebody else and uh, they dropped my name to these two producers and then they contacted me saying that they love the clothing, but they also love the mission. So they were able to give me grant and that's how I was able to participate in New York Fashion Week. Could you talk about that experience because I, I know a lot of us maybe feel like being part of fashion week almost feels exclusive um so if you could talk about what it was like just being a part of that and and everything that it took yeah fashion shows are very exclusive and this is why i love partnering with um next frontier in fashion they are the organization that hosted me because they're all about inclusivity and the grants that they give, they give to people of color and immigrants and just emerging designers that can't afford to be on a fashion show. But also what was beautiful is that um, tickets to the event were uh, accessible and were affordable. And we also had like a discount code for our friends and family. And I think it was such a beautiful moment for the community because they were able to access a space, a space like that, that you always just see it from far away. And, you know, right, I can't go unless I'm part of a VIP group or something like that. And that's something that I really like to see more of. Because especially in the fashion industry, you see that there is like a toxic environment and there is a lot of ego. So I love working with them. I love what they're, I love what they're doing for uh, our community and emerging designers. And I enjoy so much to see a lot of people that follow me that were able to come that we didn't know each other in person, but they felt like they knew me because we've been in contact. They're like, Cindy, I'm here for you. And like, that just meant the world, you know, that those are moments that remind me that I'm doing something good. And speaking of authenticity and going back to your roots, and I can hear it in your voice also, can you take us back to the beginning of when you discovered fashion and design in particular and what it was that drew you to this field? I mean, I've always loved fashion since I, I was little. I was a very skinny girl. And, you know, in South America, I feel like the majority of my friends, they all had curves and they were, <laughs> they were gifted. That's how we like to say it. 
but I felt like fashion was always my outlet for of creativity. And that's where I felt like confidence and for myself. So I would try to like fix things. Whenever my mom would buy me things, she would get so mad because like, I just bought you that and you just destroyed it because I was like doing it. I'm like, no, this pleat should be here. This should be right over here. But it was really just like something that made me feel more comfortable and like create confidence in myself. But it wasn't until later when I moved to Chicago, I came here as an au pair. My parents couldn't afford for me to go to school here. So I just came here for a year as an au pair. I saved up and I was working and going to college at the same time. But then later, I was lucky to uh, go to school for fashion design. How did you find time and the energy, working, you know, navigating a new new systems here and a new life here when you were working as an au pair and working um, in, a, in a different field and also make time for fashion? Well, you know, I think Latinas were such hard workers. We truly are. And that's something that makes me uh, so proud. And I was uh, lucky enough that when I started studying fashion you know I was able to just do school I did community college first and um, when I did my au pair they actually gave me a visa that allowed me to you know work and study so with that visa I was able to go to community college later and so I didn't have to pay as a foreign a student, right? Because that's like triple the amount. But still, I went to community college and then I just did loans. And that's something that I do want to talk about because I feel like our familias Latinas, they don't like us to get in debt, right? I had a few family coming here and I'm like, they're like, no, education is too expensive, just go work. But what I'm trying to explain that it's okay to invest in ourselves. You know, 10 years later, I'm still paying for my college loan. But when I was working for somebody else, I didn't have the same salary all the time, which is most of the Latinos that stayed at their jobs, right? Because of my education, I was able to keep growing, to ask for more money. And there's just a lot more opportunities. So I apply for student loans, extremely expensive. My parents couldn't even believe that I was doing that. And that is like, that's way too much money. But, you know, I luckily I knew that that's what I wanted to do and I love it. And when I came to New York, it was really, really hard. I was almost for a year without a job and just doing unpaid internships. But, you know, I landed my first job and then let's do this. So it's just perseverance. I've always been such an optimistic person and hard worker. And imagine I left my country on my own. So like coming to New York City from Chicago, I'm like, I can do this. Like, I, I think that's, I got that from my parents. <laughs> and speaking of your parents and because you didn't come from a family in the arts how did your family feel about your pursuit of this career and you know how did those feelings maybe change it's so interesting because i don't think my parents understood what i did until i started my own business <laughs> they were here last year my parents and uh we celebrated as i rented my first office space here in new york city that's where i am right now and it was very uh, emotional, of course, for them to see. It's a very small space. I don't have anything big, but it's my own space when I, where I get to be creative. What inspires you? What inspires me? People inspires me. Culture inspires me. There, 
and especially being here in New York, I just feel like anywhere that you go to, you just see so much diversity. And speaking of vision, what what is your vision for the future of your work, of your company, any potential future collaborations that you're hoping um, to create? Yes, well, I definitely see myself having a bigger space where I can have my own sewers. And my dream is to be able to train sewers with, because um, a lot of my pieces are delicate garments, delicate, fa- delicate fabrics, and they need like high-end finishings that I was able to learn because I worked in the contemporary market for so long. So I want to have my own team. I want them to feel that this is a place where they can grow. And also this is a place where they can feel safe. Currently, I've been able to have interns and I'm proud that it's totally different to the internships that I had. I make sure that in every semester when I have an intern, uh, they learn and that they also, all of them are still connected to me. So I try to be you know, as much of as I can, like sending the resume somewhere else where I used to work and connecting them with people because, you know, I want them to continue to grow. Uh, so, yeah, that will be for the future. I would want to have my own team in house. And also I would want to see uh, my brand and some uh, sustainable websites like the retail retailers and boutique because, you know, we're slow fashion. So I want to make sure that I'm still able to take care of all the small details while uh, we grow. And is there anything about your experience, the community that you're building and the work that you're doing that you uh, would want to share that I haven't asked about? Yes, I think, you know, this year it has been amazing because a lot of women have been showing up and they are just like asking, how can I help you? And I think that's something that we can all do. I don't think you specifically have to be from the fashion industry, right? You might know someone that is in the industry. You might know someone that is an investor. You might know someone that uh, can buy our product, right? And just, just there's so many different ways to be supportive. And the majority of the people that are supporting me are women. How incredible is that? So I just feel so proud and so grateful for all the women that are connecting me, that are dropping my name in places that I'm not even at. And then I just get, you know, a phone call, an email, and I'm grateful for that. That has been one of the biggest change. Oh, I love hearing all about this Amiga power and women supporting other women. Thank you so much, Cindy, for spending this time with us and, you know, inspiring us with some of the things that inspire you. To check out Cindy's designs, learn more about the company and its sustainability practices, or how they're giving back, visit cindycastro.com. We also have a link in our show notes. That's all for today. Thanks for listening. And thanks for supporting us as we do our best to support our community. We couldn't do it without you. For more stories like this, make sure to subscribe to our newsletter at epicenter-nyc.com. For more stories like this, Make sure to subscribe to our newsletter at epicenter-nyc.com. Our intro music is All the Pretty Horses by Caravica. You can find more of their music on their website, linked to in our podcast description.